a special J. King with Joey podcast show. The guys question a supermodel. J.K. talks about his wife's drunken hoodwalk. And J.K. sits down for a one-on-one with his wife to give a PSA on their experience on being roofied. Let's go. Knuckle deep in that ass. Should we even get into it? Uh, do you have any opinions on the, the Down Syndrome model? Um, I, I saw it briefly. So she's from Australia, right? And yeah. She's a Victoria's Secret model. Yeah, Victoria's Secret model with Down Syndrome. I, I just, I mean, obviously what stands her apart from other models is that she has Down Syndrome. But, I mean, why? What's the significance and what's what's the reason for having her on there? Is there some kind of, is like, down syndrome month or something or no i just, i don't understand okay get the fuck out get, see ya I, I do there's a lot of stuff i do that we don't put on the onto the show like it's giving me like the mean eyes for talking about down syndrome model did she bring it up to you <laughs> no no she's she's acting like one right now uh. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing huh you're being rude. This is a comedy show. Yeah. Jesus Christ. It specifically says explicit on our description. Yeah, but she's like... Ugh. I mean, I don't know how you talk about this without offending somebody. There's not really much we could do comedy-wise with the topic. <laughs> you know I mean? Speak her language? Yeah. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I did it again. Jesus Christ. Anyway, her name is Madeline. I mean, that's that's kind of a downsy name, honestly. Yeah. Nobody has that name. Uh, I, have I, you all, all people with Down syndrome? They kind of have the same face, yeah. Do you ever, I mean, so what yeah. makes her stick out? Just that you put some makeup so, on her. So, you're saying that Down syndrome is kind of like an ethnic background, like Asian. Yes. <laughs> yes. When you fill out a job application, you should be required to check Down syndrome. <laughs> I fucking I noticed. I noticed. I know when I slurp now. I know when it is, and I can't stop it. <laughs> it's it's when I let out a big laugh, and then I fucking slurp right after it. I just uh, that that's true. Yeah. Right, I'm gonna work on that. Knuckle deep in that ass. You're familiar. You know my wife, especially you know when she overdrinks. She turns into correct. There was a night we were out with friends. We were at a private bar in this in the city, and just to give people a, a idea of the city of Reading, out of this small city of Reading, we have twice as many convicts living in it than the entire county of Philadelphia. Um, Say that stat again. Statistic is that uh, Reading, the city, the small city of Reading, has more double, over twice as many convicts living in it. People that have served time. All right. Then the in, all of Philadelphia County. That's a crazy stat. I was in, I was in Reading a couple times this weekend. Boy, is it a shithole! Like, there's just nothing going on there, and anything positive. Like, they're not even trying to build that city up. Like, there's nothing going on. It was a major pipeline from New York 
to Reading due to their railroads back in the day. Oh, okay. New York to Reading right was here. a lot of people from New York came to, straight to Reading because of the railroad back in the day. If you go through Reading, there's massive abandoned buildings that were the railroad. I mean, Reading Railroad is on a monopoly board. Right, right, yeah. We were a massive railroad. Uh, obviously, that's no longer. So, yeah, it's been dying down ever since. The mm. uh, reason I'm bringing it up, we um, were friend, with friends at a private club in the city. Uh, it was an after-hours club. So it was a good 3 a.m., 3.30. Sounds safe. And our friends who were married got in a fight, argument, uh, as we were leaving the bar. And the woman decided to say fuck you to her husband. He said fuck you to her. He got in his car. She walked away. She starts walking through the city. My wife and I are worried about her, so we follow we're trying to stop her. We want to drive her home. She's like, leave it, leave me alone. She just kept walking, walking, walking. And she kept yelling at us to go back. But we kept giving her more and more distance. But we're walking through the city because we're just keeping an eye on her. Now, again, it's 3.30 in the morning. And my wife, drunk, grew up in the suburbs, finds it exciting that we are too... Uh, she feels we're too, I grew up in the city, but she feels we're too preppy white people walking in the inner city, almost as if my wife feels she's like at a concert or something where she has to document it. So she whips out her phone and she's doing selfie videos as we're walking through the hood, talking very uh, suburban like and doing different poses, talking about what's in the background. And mind you, there are people in the background. There are people outside and she's saying hi, trying to get them to be in the video where they're in the background. Uh, these people that are out at 3.30 in the morning in the city aren't out for fun. No. They're outside making a living. Mm-hmm. And if you're damaging their, their uh, business. Revenue. Yes. I, under my breath, trying to keep her under control, uh, yelling at her, but grinding my teeth, yelling at her under my breath. And just not even that, just a little. She's a white woman. Yes. At 3 a.m. walking around the streets of Reading. Yes. Acting a fool. <laughs> and uh, we have murders every weekend in Reading. And there's us. Every day. There's us <clears throat> following somebody that we're worried about walking through the city and she's acting a damn fool. So eventually, I couldn't keep her under control anymore. So I had to bail on the person we were following and get her back to the car. So, I mean, it was just a dangerous time. I was worried about my life. How far were you from the car? Um, I'd have to say two miles. She, the, the woman we were following was walking home. Her from the bar to her house was probably about three she miles. Was doing this for two miles. Yeah. Yes. She was. And you know how loud my wife gets when she's drunk. Yeah. yeah. And you know, and her on the Snapchat shit and, just the social media. Look at look at us. We're in the hood. We're so hardcore. When your when your wife starts, you know, she she drinks and she starts yelling. You know, deaf people start to look around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Blind people look too. <laughs> Blind that's, and deaf. That's just a white girl thing, though. I mean, if, I mean, you get any white girl drunk like that. You know, I could see them all doing that. Most of them. There's there's a not buzzed, not drunk, but if you're hammered. I could see a white girl doing that. You know, whatever she did that, whatever I can get over it. But 
the fact that our lives were in danger. She's like, oh, he'll take the hit. <laughs> yeah, she's almost, she was, we, I felt we were walking around with one of those fucking beacon lights. Like, yes. look at us, look at us, yeah. look at us, yeah. look at us. Yeah. Come kidnap us. Yeah. We're being disrespectful to your set. <laughs> Come over here. Yeah, some guy was just on the corner slinging heroin, and then she just fucking walks by with her little Snapchat raid going on. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to get selfies with him. <laughs> Hashtag drugs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hashtag homeless guy. <laughs> Hobo sapien. No, like, oh god. Hashtag nine millimeter. <laughs> Starts kissing the gun. All cute in the photo. <laughs> uh, but you know what that though? I, I don't even know if the gangsters would even do anything about that. They may look at her as like too, they may look at her as too much trouble. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was worried about. Rape, rob, kill. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Any one of those three. In life for 400. In common law, the age of this signaling adulthood is presumed to be 14 in boys and 12 in girls. Tom, what is the age of consent? JK, knuckle deep in that ass. You comfortable? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, start a segment here where... We're basically going to give a PSA to the listeners um, as far as being unawarely drugged on a night, just a night out. We are both actually victims of such a night. All right, let's begin by saying uh, uh, my wife and I have been some heavy, heavy, heavy hitters, heavy drinkers in the past when we first met uh, the first few years were uh, basically local drinking in private clubs where liquor is very cheap. So I mean, we could put away a lot of alcohol uh, throughout the night and not spend a lot of money. Uh, we decided, you know, fuck this local shit. You know, mm-hmm. let, let, let's, let's experiment. Let's, let's see things. Let's get out. Stress up and have a night out. Yes, yes. We got all got decked all decked out. out. She wore a beautiful dress. I wore a pantsuit. And we decided to go to a fancy, fancy club in a really fancy hotel. I was hesitant in giving the club's name. I think we should put them on blast. I've heard that it's that the club is shut down because of that issue. I read an article somewhere that it was shut down from what I know, but I don't give a shit. I'll put them on blast. Okay. Well, it was in the uh, Radisson Hotel in King of Prussia which is basically in between where we are, Reading and Philadelphia. They have an, an, uh, a small nightclub in there, a fancy nightclub called Ice. Uh, when, we, when we went, it was called Ice. Mm-hmm. So we decided to go there. As soon as we went in, the place was dead. Yeah. The place was empty at probably, I believe it was 10, 10.30, because we yeah. were at a private club before that. Yeah, we met your mom out. I think we had a shot. We had a drink with you. We didn't have a shot. We had a, just, I think, a drink with your mom. We had a drink at a private club locally and then drove yeah. drove to King of Prussia, a half yep. hour away, and we went in. I immediately handed the bartender uh, a 50, an extra 50, just to keep an eye on us because we were newbies, new people. And uh, by ourselves. Uh, it was just it, the two of us. Right, just the two of us keep an eye on us. We're outside of our environment. Um, 
but we also were like just keep the drinks coming too because we wanted to have a good night we were gonna stay in the hotel and like make a thing of it yeah yes yes stay in the hotel just dance have a good time we wanted to really yeah. really loosen up yeah and we had a high tolerance at the time for yeah. liquor so yeah, so we had we each got a drink we each got a shot right uh, we down the shot uh we drank the drink I believe by then it was 11 o'clock. Yeah, because I remember going outside to smoke a cigarette and I remember calling both of our moms and telling them that we were going to plan a wedding at the Radisson. Because <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I liked the like ambiance of the hotel. And then you, and then you wanted the after, after hours to be... I wanted the after hours to be ice because I liked the... Right the scene i like the bar it was like the a setup. cool setup yeah the setup was nice um yeah. and i believe by that time we went back in to get our second drink and there was there was i don't know a half dozen to a dozen people then in the club mm-hmm. uh so we got our second drink uh, we were feeling buzzed we had a nice loose yeah to us, so we were able to go out into the dance floor correct all right so we headed out on the dance floor there was a little shelf little shelf beside the dance floor that we yeah but as a side note because people are going to be like why would you put your you know why would you put your drinks down the they weren't the we were glass right be- they were right beside us yeah but the glasses were heavy yes. it wasn't like a plastic cup where you could like hold it and it was like easily manageable like it was a heavy they were like mugs they mugs were- it was like a heavy glass um, yeah, and, and the ledge was literally right beside us. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, on the dance floor right beside us. Like not even a foot away. We grabbed our drinks off the ledge. Um, whether it was one song, two songs, three songs, I, I don't I don't know. And it wasn't that long. No. Without It, it might have been one song. Could have been. What caught our attention was the fact that when we put our drinks there, there was no one standing behind that ledge. And then we danced to that song. It probably was just one song. And then we kind of like looked, turned around, and then there were people like standing on the ledge, which kind of made us weirded out. Like we're like, all right, well, our drinks are right there. So then we grabbed them. Uh, there was two, two women kind of zoning in on you. Yeah. Uh, one on either side of you. And they decided to dance with you. I was, I bowed out. Mm-hmm. right they were really like interested and it was kind of like okay well we're just having a good time so i right kind of let it happen where normally i don't like girls so uh, yeah and that point you were never opposed to uh, being the girl to go up on the stage yeah no that was my in thing front of, in front of the crowd yeah that was my thing and i don't want to paint a picture like this place was packed because it was never Mm-mm. never packed from when we were in there, it was never packed. It right. might have been a dozen people at most. Yeah, it wasn't packed at all. All right, so the girls easily managed to get you up, up onto the stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, I stayed down uh, on the edge of the dance floor, just watching your experience go down, mm-hmm. just sipping on my drink. Um, from the time, I have to say, from the time the drinks were on the ledge to the time where you came off the stage, easily could have been a half hour which it was it was a a couple of songs with them on just the regular dance floor just i felt like feeling me out like was i into it was i the reason i bring that up is that detail up is because uh that kind of uh takes that out of the equation uh the drinks being on the ledge and the i guess it's no secret to the listeners uh the roofie happening how did it all go down 
Um, when I was on stage, I at first was just dancing, having a good time. Um, like you said, I was tipsy, but nowhere near. Um, I wasn't like sloppy or anything like that. Um, as I was on the stage, um, I happened to look back out into the crowd to find you, just look at you. And when I turned my body and I looked out the entire crowd and the entire dance floor almost was like a ripple effect in my vision. It like bubbled. It was like, like it. And when you say crowd, you were seeing more than was actually out there. Probably. It seemed yeah. like so many people to yeah. me, but it probably was only like 10. Yeah. Um, it was almost like a crazy mirror in one of those um, like fun houses. Um, at that point, because of that, threw my drink to you and I barreled off stage. You pushed your drink to me. You didn't actually throw it on me. <laughs> I right. Yeah. I just I just remember giving my drink to I you and getting you off stage. Forcefully giving me your drink in the action of you trying just to run to the bathroom. Right. You run past get me, get off stage, run to the bathroom. Yeah. And you disappeared. Yeah. And and didn't didn't give me an explanation. So nope. in, in my thought process, uh, in that position, I thought maybe, oh shit, she got a really bad case of the shits. <laughs> oh, there's no way she's going to do that when she just has to piss. Like it was an aggressive, oh. like it's at the end of my ass. <laughs> and my sphincter is not, it can't even get tight enough to hold it in. Oh my God. Had a dress on. So I was like, shit, she's going to shit on the floor. So I remember looking at my drink, looking at your drink. So I chugged it and not five seconds later after chugging it, you came barreling out of the bathroom. Yeah, but I felt like I remember blacking out in the bathroom for, I don't know if it was, if to me it felt like forever. I remember blacking out in the bathroom. So I remember waking up and having to regain my thoughts as to where I was. Like I literally had to, I woke up and I looked up at the ceiling and I was like, where the fuck am I? And then I got, I got like composed myself because at this point I, I started to lose my vision. So I composed myself enough to get out to you. In coming out the door, the urgency, the, the last thing on your mind was stopping to talk to me. We got to get out of here. That's all I heard. I, like you screamed, we got to get out of here. And at this point, it's 1130. And I was like, oh, shit. It was a very scary situation. I was like, the fact that my woman, that we both can pound some liquor all night long. I figured I'd just follow you outside, talk you off a cliff, and come back in the club. Right. Um, And as I ran to catch up to you, I came out the door. I could tell you couldn't see well because... I was able to catch up to you quickly. Yeah, I couldn't see anything. You got the exit. And when you got out, we passed people coming in, past the security guard, the bouncer. And before you even got out of the roped area, your legs gave out and you went, you fell face first and did not prevent yourself from hitting with your hands. You just let your face bounce off the ground and you were out. That probably is the scariest. The, 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 the scariest thing I've seen, almost like someone conked you in the back of the head and you were out. So, of course, after that happened and the bouncer, security guard saw it, people saw it, were outside. 
there was no way in hell they were letting us back in that club. <laughs> so I was like, okay, our night is over and it didn't even start. So I was like, we're not getting a hotel because it's only 1130. We're just right. going to go home. I'm just going to go home. I'm going to, because I wasn't even feeling buzzed at that point. Right. right. And I picked you up and I carried you outside and I, I'm carrying you through cars, through the parking lot to get to our car. And before I was able to get to the car, I started feeling shit. I, I started, I could feel my vision going weakness. Like my muscles were turning to jello yep. as I was walking yep. and carrying you. I was like, I'm like, holy shit, why is this? Like my legs were starting to give out. Mm-hmm. And uh, I managed to get you to the, get you to the car mm-hmm. and put you in the passenger seat. You were still out. And you were you started throwing up as I sat you down in the car. Yep. Throwing up on yourself. And then I rotated around the car. I get in the driver's seat. And at this point I realize I can't drive home because I can't see. I could not I couldn't see shit. Mm-hmm. I was like, fuck me. I believe my thought process at that point was, damn, you gotta admit, neither of us in the moment, not knowing that we got roofied. We couldn't intellectually um, uh, compute what had happened. We, uh, I think we felt, damn, we were drunk. We drank a shit ton of liquor. Like yeah. we, we didn't even think, oh, we only had this much. The mental aspect, approaching it mentally, like, oh, you could actually say, wait a minute. I, there was no I, we only had two drinks, Mm-mm. and we shouldn't be feeling like this. Nope. We had to be drugged. Like mm-hmm. We couldn't put two and two together at that point because we were so fucked up that we couldn't even think like normal people. Right. It for it's for for somebody like me, and if you know me, you know that I am a go hard or go home. So the fact that I wanted to go home, you know that it was a scary, scary situation. Because normally you're the one that's like, you know, after we've had too much, you're the one that's like, Beck, we gotta go, honey. You, you know what I mean? You're the one that's like, you, you're looking a little downsy. Like, let's let's get out of here. Like. So for me to be the one to initiate the leaving. That's your scary moment. My scary moment is seeing you face first, go face yeah, first. Yeah, but I don't, I don't, rem- I have no recollection of falling face first into the carpet at all. Just so, I mean, if you have not been roofied, what I'm basically trying to get across to you is that you can't put two and two together when you're under the influence of the drug. Like you no. are just in survival mode. You're trying to find safety in a sense, find a comfort zone. I personally understand how women get the date rape drug and actually get raped. And confide in someone that... And they they go to the police and they're like, listen, I know I was raped, but I can't identify the the person that did it. I can't identify where I was. I can't tell you any anything. I just know that I was raped because that's absolutely true. I, you know, your surroundings, you know, that you're scared, you know, sort of what's happening around you. So if you're in this situation where you are being raped for me, like I knew what was happening. I don't remember falling, but I do remember being in that moment, being scared and not knowing what to do. I'm saying you were in survivor mode. That's why you were like, we got to get out of here. You were like trying to find a safe haven. A safe haven, yeah. Um, yeah. Whether it was and, the car and, or and, anything, yeah. And at that point, you were so scared, you knew that I wasn't the safe haven. Like you were panic, mm-hmm. panic, panic mode. I think my thought, I, I, probably my thought at that point was get me back at least to the car. Right. Well, where when I said when I, I got over the driver's side and got in the car, 
honestly trying to put two to two together. Right. Trying to understand why can't I drive right now? Right. Like I was confused. I knew I didn't drink much. I I was like, my only question was like, I can't fucking see to drive, but I didn't put that together with being drugged. I was just like, this is fucking ridiculous. Right. Right. And you can't put it together with the fact of, wait, I only had two drinks and I can't see blackness. Yeah. So um, I put the keys ignition and did not turn them. I did not turn those keys. I just sat back and my thought pressed. I was thinking, wait a minute, not that I've been here before, not that I've felt like this before, but my way of getting out of being too far is just sit back. Maybe I got to sit here for an hour. Right. Maybe I got to sit here for two hours, whatever, you know, just sit back and let it like die down. Yeah. So I did that, you know, and within that first 15 minutes, I started vomiting Mm -hmm. all over myself. Yep. Like all over the car. Yes. It was all over inside of the car. It was all over us. Um, I remember opening the car door to vomit, but I wasn't even able, I had no muscle strength to lean over out of the car to throw up. So Mm -hmm. it wound up just throwing it up on my shoulder. Yep. So I was out, you're out, car door, the driver's side door is open. And then I remember waking up. You were still out. Again, you can't intellectually decide, okay, let me check if my wife is breathing. Like that's something, had I was thinking correctly, I would have done considering I saw that I, I said your name and you didn't answer. Right. I was able to put together, okay, let me go get help. Let me get us a hotel room. This my two thoughts. Right. I got out of the car and started heading toward lights. And what people don't, if, if you haven't been roofied, you got to understand that you can tell brightness. You can tell dark mm-hmm. to light, kind of like you have your eyelids shut and you could tell yeah. if there's a light on. Yep. All right. So that's what I'm seeing. I'm, seeing, I'm seeing lights. So I you have, you have to picture me uh, probably a half a block through the parking lot feeling through cars going towards light and i did i got to the hotel entrance i walked through the electric doors and then the lobby lights hit my eyes and were so bright that i actually turned around and went back to the car they were just way too bright uh on my way back to the car now i can't search for lights now i'm just feeling through cars for a driver's side door that's open because i did leave it open and as i'm feeling my way through the cars I couldn't see that there was, it, I didn't know what time it was and I couldn't see, but it happened to be 2.30, 2.30 in the morning. So we're talking three hours after we, we got out to the car. Mm-hmm. The, the club just closed and the police were there arresting people. Yep. Uh, and you got a picture of police in the parking lot arresting people and seeing a guy walk from the hotel, walking through cars, in between cars, feeling, touching, like holding cars, and then, you know, following the guy. And then eventually, you know, I don't know how long it was until I got to the car, but eventually getting into my driver's seat. Yeah. And when that happened, you know, then they spoke up, like, what the fuck you think you're doing? Right. And when I heard a voice, I was, oh, oh can you help me? I mean, can you help me? Uh, my wife and I need to get a hotel room. And they're, and they're like, well, what's going on with Rife? And they they started banging on her window with a flashlight. 
thought they were going to break the window from the way it hurt, sounded to me. Maybe, maybe under the drug shit is louder. I don't know. They didn't, they weren't able to wake you up. I remember panicking because I thought they were hitting the glass really hard. They were going to break it. I said, I was screaming, let me, let me get her up. And I was like shaking you frantically, shaking you. And eventually you woke up and I convinced them. But I remember somebody shaking and then I remember somebody literally sitting me up and doing like a violent shake. That was me. Yeah. And they, and two guys, two police officers were shining their, their uh, flashlights right in your face. So at that point they said, all right, well go in and get a hotel room. Right. So we don't have a problem here or whatever. Right. Uh, at that point, you were able to walk. Uh, we felt our way through the cars, and we both got in there. Uh, but when we, again, we got to the hotel entrance, the light was so blinding that we just had our hands on the walls, and we kept, basically, we kept going to the right. Wherever the wall yeah. led us, we were going to the, right. to the right. It just kept going to the right, and eventually there was a door, and we went through the door. Right. And, it, and not knowingly, it was the men's bathroom Correct. So you and I in the men's bathroom. At that point, I was I was I had to vomit. So we were in a stall. I'm throwing up. You took. I took your phone. You took my phone. And I dialed. It would have been my mom or your mom. So it wasn't the last number dialed, but it was your cousin Bobby. (laughs) Which was a which was a godsend because no one else would have answered. Right. Honestly, it was him. That he's a night owl. Yeah. He answered the phone and. Answered the phone. You're screaming and crying, mm-hmm. uh, pleading with him to help us. Yeah, uh, from but, what he. But every question he had, you just you we didn't have an answer. Yeah, from what he from what I from what he had said, the phone conversation he picked up thinking that we were gonna say let's go hang out, <laughs> and I was like Bobby, you have to come get us. And he was like, where are you? And I and apparently I was saying I I don't know where I am. I'm in a bathroom. You have to come get us. And Bobby's like, I can't come get you if I don't know where you are. And I was like, Bobby, I don't know where I am. All I know is. I need you to come get us. And I was like frantic in the fact that like somebody had to come rescue us because it was just me and you and you were, I was like, Jesse's throwing up in the bathroom. I have no idea where I am. I can't see Like I was like panicking with him. Right. Like, I don't know. It was almost like a, like, it was almost like he was my savior at that point. Like you have to come get us. Like we you were have lucky to come rescue us. To get a connection with someone we knew. Right. It was, and it was hard to let go of that. But uh, that's when the police, the police busted into the bathroom and, yep, and uh, detained us, if you will. And they forced you to hang up the phone with my cousin Bobby. Um, yeah. They took us both out of the bathroom. I remember them saying, "We gave you your chance." I remember saying, "I remember this too." Obviously, I don't know if I looked at him because I couldn't see, but I remember. I'm gonna tell you. I remember who knows what my face was gesturing, but <laughs> I said to the police officer verbatim, I said, uh, let me tell you what's going to happen here. <laughs> That's actually true. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you what's going to happen here. Because We're going to get a hotel room. Yeah. Because at that point, let me let pause. At that point is where, again, I say to the people who have been, had the drug and actually had something happen to them. At that point, I remember you saying that i and and i remember they're fully aware of your surroundings surroundings, at that point uh, sound wise sound Sound wise wise, correct and 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 light level light correct i just couldn't you couldn't i couldn't tell you what the police officers looked like i mean i could tell you if i heard their voice again you know but i couldn't i I couldn't tell you what anything looked like structures cars 
anything. Couldn't tell you what the Radisson hob- lobby looks nope. like at all. Couldn't tell you. <laughs> no. So, of course, me saying that uh, kind of got the officers a little violent. Uh, they got a little aggressive with us, with me. Uh, my wife was pleading. I was. I turned into Snooky. I was like, but we're good people. But we're good people. <laughs> uh, so we were taken to jail. Yeah. Yeah, we were taken to jail for public drunkenness. Well, we didn't know at that point. We just were taken to jail. <laughs> right. Taken to jail. We were thrown in two different cells. Jesus. Um, so the when we got released, uh, got us in the trooper car. And I remember being driven back to the Radisson Hotel. And the guy was driving like a fucking maniac. Yes, he was. He was doing like 100 miles an hour. And he was taking turns like drifting and shit. And consequently, I got sick as fuck. Yeah, he did. I got sick as fuck. He, he dropped he us did. off. I was trying my damnness not to vomit in the police car and get thrown yeah. back into jail. Yeah. So he <laughs> dropped us terrible. off. And he and he literally saw me vomiting and mm-hmm. left. Yep. So at no point, I guess my whole point with this whole thing, is at no point, did the police officers take our safety in account? Not at all. I mean, I don't know if it's the police's job to do a full investigation of, of a public drunkenness right on the spot, like going in and asking nightclub, how long were they there? Well, how much they did they drink? But, we didn't even, they didn't even breathalyze us. Had they breathalyzed correct. us, they would have been able to see the fact that there wasn't a lot of alcohol on our breath. Correct. And we were in the state that we were in. Had you just done a simple breathalyzer? Or, or we should have been taken to the hospital, not taken to the jail. Looking back on it, being arrested was probably the safest thing that happened as far as our safety as a whole was a jail cell. There was no one getting to us and there we weren't getting to anybody else. True. So um, I think... I think a hospital would have been safer, but... Uh, uh, 100%. The, the, the safest place for us as far as people getting to us was the jail, but I think agreed that with the way we were acting, um, the way we couldn't verbalize anything, the way I wasn't waking up, they weren't able to wake me up. They, I, we should have been taken, to, hands down, we should have been taken to a hospital. A simple breathalyzer would have told you, you should take these kids to the hospital because they're only blowing a .06 or whatever. Like right. by that point, by that point, it was three hours afterwards. We wouldn't have had any alcohol in our system. It would have been gone. It would have been a zero. We would have blew Correct. a zero. We would have blew a zero acting the way we would have. They would have been like, holy shit. Three what's hours wrong? after our drink. And it's what, a drink an hour? Yeah. It, it, blood test or, uh, I mean, definitely the breathalyzer would have been a zero. Breathalyzer absolutely would have been a zero. And they would have noticed that, wait a minute, they're not even drunk and they're fucking passed out throwing up on themselves. And um, I don't know if the drug itself comes up in a breath, like, like uh, throws a test off or not on a breathalyzer. I, I, after the fact I did research and um, it does come up uh, in a blood test. However, it doesn't I come had, up as alcohol though, right? No, it comes up as um, the date rape drug or a roof of whatever it's called. Um, R O H Y. Rohypnol. P N O L. Rohypnol. Rohypnol. Yeah. Rohypnol. Hypnol. That's the nickname, the drug, actual drug name, not the liquid, not the, 
The actual ingredients is flunit trazepam. I'm looking at it right now, and it says that this drug is a, was used as a sedative you know, before the modern day sedatives. It was used right. as a sedative in 1970s right. uh, for, for very deep sedation. And they say, they're saying that this drug is about 10 times more potent than Valium. Really? You are not tipsy. You are lit right now. While we're doing this segment, we have just noticed that Becca has killed an entire bottle of wine. Uh, what's that? What's your brand of choice there? Do you want to? Do you want to uh, promote them? Sure. It's a. It's called a. I believe it's called Voga, V-O-G-A. It's an Italian Moscato. Nice. It's phenomenal. It's light. It's refreshing. Um. It's not that much alcohol proof. It's seven point five percent. Yeah, but you drank you drank the whole bottle, so you got you got your you're you're feeling lit. You got your swag on right now. Hey, yeah, yeah might as well top it off. Finish that bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Bottoms up. All right. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. So you were saying it was as, ten times as powerful as volume. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's I did not know that previous to this podcast. Got home. That day, your mom, because your mom knew we went out, so she called us just to see how our night went. She walks in the, she walks in the house, and she just looks at us. She goes, <laughs> if I could do a before and after picture of the two of you, because she had seen us previously to going. Uh, yes, at the private club, yeah. Yes, and I, and I said, and we were like, no, something happened last night. Something happened to us, and she was, we are like, we need, we need to eat, because we hadn't eaten in almost an over- like 16 hours or whatever i don't know and um we started explaining to your mom or i started explaining to your mom what had happened and your mom was the one that was like holy shit back and i started explaining to her what happened and at that point is when i broke the news that we were we were you know no we didn't know at that time we were trying to figure it all out right ourselves. i think no, my mom helped us she, that's what i'm saying my mom was roofied prior to this she, yeah, but that's what that's I'm saying great. is she was is she was the one that was, you know, as I was telling her, I was like, you know, what had happened and the fact that we ended up in jail and the fact that I couldn't see and the fact that I don't understand because I, from what I remember, we she's only like, had two drinks. She's like, I she bet you were like, roofied, yeah. She's like, pause back. She's like, honey, she's like, I think you guys were drugged. And I was like, no way. I was like, that. come on, that doesn't happen to people. And she's like, uh, yeah, it does. She's like, because it's very similar to a situation that happened to me. And I said, get the hell out of here. I was like, that doesn't happen. Yeah, uh, yeah she basically she helped she us helped figure, us. Out, figure she, it all out. Yeah, and then, and, and that's I, when I decided to take it to court and uh, fight it. We did, you know, through the days, the next coming days, we put two and two together, and we decided that you know we did nothing wrong. Correct. And we were we weren't properly taken care of. Taken so. Care of, right? Uh, I know you didn't want to fight it, but I did want to fight it because. Well, we weren't sure. We weren't even sure it was going to happen because we knew we got arrested. But like it was like weeks until those those Period. citations came in the mail. And once the citations came in the mail that we were officially being charged with public drunkenness is when I was like, I want to plead guilty. Just get rid of it. And you were like, absolutely not. So, you know, come time to getting the citations. Uh, yeah, I was totally down for fighting it just for our innocence. Right. And I was so like, I'm the type of person that I just, 
I would rather just get rid of it, make it go away, get you, rid you of it. Move on. You wanted to move on. I wanted to move on from it, right? And I, and I don't like, I like fairness. I don't like being, I don't like unfairness. So right, yeah, I, right. wanted, I wanted to clear our name. Correct. And I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad I listened to you. Yeah, I mean, even at the point of facing the judge, you were still like, let's plead guilty. Uh, the police officer tried to convince us of mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. And you kind of looked at me weird when I told the cop. You were like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I was like, not. Uh, we're happen. telling our story today. And he just looked at me like very confused. Like right. he, he's like, you're going to get, he's like, you're going to get so much worse off if you don't take this plea. And I'm like, I'm not taking no plea. I said, I'm, I'm proving my innocence. Yeah. You were just, like, we'll just, figure this out in front of the judge. And I was like, yeah. oh my God, oh my God, my whole, because I was well, just following well, you. Yeah, I was he, just following you. The The guy in a sense, we were seeing this police officer for the first, for the first time. time. Correct. We didn't recognize That's true. him. And yeah. he came off as a real arrogant, cocky prick. Real dickhead. Yes. So real that just dickhead. says how he addressed us that night. I mean, he could. True. All right. So we went in to the core system and the officer uh, went through his whole story of the entire uh, altercation, if you will. Yes. And, and let's, let's say what the cop said that during that in front of the judge, he was saying how belligerent we were and how drunk we were um, and how he, uh, him and his partner exhausted all efforts to try and find us a ride home and uh, just how uncooperative we were. And then it's just, our turn to speak. He was saying how we were so beyond we drunk so beyond drunk so beyond drunk it was it was like we were just he talked yeah. about the vomit and mm -hmm. uh, and then when it came my turn obviously they're not expecting it and i started telling a story basically yeah uh, how, basically the, a story. how the night went down stuff that the cop police officer didn't know and we weren't able to articulate to him that night correct correct um, and as i'm telling the story you could see the officer just shaking his head Mm -hmm. Just shaking his head back and forth. Yep. And and when I got to the point of of uh, saying that we were drugged, he but he he butted oh, it. Yeah. And he said they weren't that bad. They didn't seem that bad. Yeah, they weren't that bad. They, they weren't, weren't that bad. bad. And I just looked at him like, you just said you exhausted all efforts that we were so uncooperative and so trash drunk, throwing up on ourselves, and now now that I speak. And now we're I, not that bad. And I, and I made you out to have made a wrong decision in your job, what you were supposed right. to do. I mean, I wasn't purposely trying to make an ass out of you. I'm trying to prove my innocence. But Absolutely. But you were an ass. You got made an ass out of. I, I clowned you. Well, we even we even said that, you know, how he was like, oh, they exhausted all efforts to get a ride home. And we were like, that's untrue because we as I when I got off the phone, from what we found out later is we said, and we said to the judge and the police officer, like I had called your cousin, your cousin then started calling other people. Like where are Becca and Jesse? Right. Where are they? Because I just got this frantic phone call from Becca and I can't find them and right. she can't tell me where they are. Our, so you can't. Our family was up all night. Correct. Um, so the judge then went on to say, he made it perfectly clear. The judge made it perfectly clear that this is actually an issue with this nightclub, mm -hmm. that we were not the first to come out, come into his courtroom yep. with a similar situation, and similar, similar story. story. Uh, and he met, he 
uh, went in it with the cop, you know, but the police officer. Why are we what, this what are we doing to shut this club down? This is yeah. ridiculous. So here's another couple and right. here's another innocent good people that this happened to. Now, this is the judge saying this stuff, mm-hmm. acknowledging that this is true and that this is a problem. And he dropped all the charges. Yep, dropped them all. This is what he was saying to this police officer. And this same police officer came outside to the uh, lobby to us. I forgot about this. Yeah. Came out to the lobby to us. It came up to me and said, well, you got away with it this time, buddy. Didn't you, buddy? Yeah. He even asked me the question, didn't you, buddy? And I'm like, we, I said, I said, you should have took us to the hospital. And he had nothing to say to that. Right. Yeah. I forgot about that. That's disgusting. He, he should not be a, a a public servant, if you will. He should not be serving the public as a police police officer. Yep. He is not a good human being. I wish I would have kept his name. Ready? Yeah. Um, we're going to give our thoughts. You know, the climax of this whole story, we're going to give our thoughts on why we think things happened and how things happened. Okay. I, um, I truly... The listeners don't know that we already said this whole ending and we didn't realize... <laughs> It was not recording. But it was not recording. So uh, bear with us if we feel like a little agitated that we're saying this again. There's so many things retrospectively you wish you would had you not drank have had you not dumped drink into drink, we would have been a okay. Yes, yes, yes that's true. You I, would have been able to get us home and just been like focus on me, like what the hell's wrong with her? Right. Holy shit, what's wrong with her? Had you not drank my drink, we never would have ended ended up in jail your drink and poured it into my drink and then i when you came frantic out of the bathroom i just chugged the entire thing and just banged the empty glass on the bar and chased after you had you not done that yeah it the reason we came up with this uh, conclusion is because of the time frame Mm -hmm. and um it was all within an hour and if it happened at the bar with the got creepy guy uh there's no way a half hour would have went past Mm. till it hits you so we we have to put it on the two touchy feely girls that Mm -hmm. did it to you on stage because my reaction to it was minutes was Mm -hmm. time i chugged the drink until i was halfway to the car was minutes so it's no joke it's all we're trying to get across is that it's no joke it's the real deal it's not something you want to take lightly and Think it's not going to happen to you, but actually, it very easily could happen to you. I'd like to give a big thank you to my beautiful wife and my man's Joey. Hey, I'm out of here like a fat kid in dodgeball. From the shady streets of Reading to Ice Nightclub and to the bitch ass officer with the Billy Club, we out. I'm getting oil from a Murray sexy decoy. She on that e-boy. She pay her tuition with webcams and PayPal. School in LA, she say she from 8 Mile. Her pussy hotter than a chili pepper. I tell her lay down and give it away, give it away now. Later on, she'll be wearing my letterman jacket. Reach in your pocket, Molly's medicine packet. Let them attack it, cause that's my regular tactic. Cause that's what let them get active. Whoever said I'm romantic is wrong. Hope you got a powerful chin. Cause they say blowjobs are flowers for men. I'ma need about a dozen. Go get your guzzling cousins and your trouser arousers. We wildin' again. I got house full of bitches, niggas, and it's going down.
Same John in you, brain in the college in Philly, call that temple. 